Yeah. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Whiskey Wednesdays. Today, we're here with my man, Zach. He is the founder of Live a Great Story. Super excited to hear about the brand, not just the brand, but the movement that he's built with Live a Great Story and all of the struggles that have come with it as, as he grows this movement into what it is today. So, Zach, why don't you take a second and say hey to the audience and give a quick little background on where you're from. What up, what up? Stoked to be here, Grant. Thanks for the intro. Um, yeah, man. So, I guess where I'm from from Austin, Texas, kind of. I rep Austin, Texas, but I actually kind of grew up in Hungary. So I um, moved to Hungary in Eastern Europe when I was five wow. and lived there for about five years. So I think that definitely started my nonlinear path. Yeah, man. And so, but then pretty much grew up in Austin and have been here for most of the time, minus a lot of traveling and a couple years in San Diego. So, uh, and then I kind of the, the middle part of the story starts when I was 22. I bought a one-way ticket to Europe and just got super inspired by traveling and just kind of vagabonding around for seven months. And then really just the people and the interactions I came across and like hanging out with people in hostels and cooking dinner and drinking wine with people from all around the world and just got really inspired by people's stories. And so when I came back to Austin, I spray painted a live a great story on a wall and people started taking pictures of it and that's how it all started. Nice. So, I love that. That, and a, that. you know, Obviously, as we dive into our theme today of living a nonlinear life, it's a mouthful. We've said it many times. It it's, it's, doesn't get any easier to say. It's nonlinear life. Basically, what that means to us and to Zach, it's, it's not living your life A to B. It's not living your life along that path that everybody else takes, everybody else tells you you need to take. You know, it's all about living life on your terms, you know? And so we're really excited to dive into that. We're here, as always, with our CMO, Joel Guthrie. What's going on, Joel? What up, what up? And uh, excited to hear about your story, man. So let us know, what is Live a Great Story? I know you said you spray painted on a wall. Where did you come up with the idea, and what has it evolved into? So really it started – so I've, I've pretty much – I mean, I love the theme of nonlinear because I pretty much have been on that track forever, uh, but most definitely since high school. So I started my first business when I was 17 – uh, print like a t-shirt company, like, you know, normal yeah. screen printing t-shirts. And then and Joel did some of that. Yeah. <laughs> I still have PTSD from it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rough, rough road. Um, so I mean, that's kind of where it all started, but have pretty much been trying to figure out what my life is and really what, who I am and what I'm doing and why I'm here and how to do that as best as possible. And then really at the end of it, how to have great stories out of the whole experience. So um, I mean, there's, there's kind of a lot that's happened, but definitely I think the, the really the, the last seven, uh, seven years has been pretty pivotal. And then live a great story as a brand is about, is celebrating our five year anniversary, like kind of during this time. Congrats. So it's been about five years and, and that's been kind of the main, main part of the most recent chapter and, uh, excited to chat about it all and kind of dive into it because it's definitely, it, you know, taking something from spray paint on a wall in kind of the beginning of social media in 2013, I would say, or 14, to now, like there's no path, right? And and really, I think with all great things, there isn't a path, and it's really up to us to craft our own. And there's obviously like kind of mile markers or you know um, the stones that we have to see, the milestones. But uh, I think life happens when it's our life, and we own it, and and we embrace who we are, and really start down that journey of, of living our life for on our terms. And, um, that's kind of 
really, I think at the foundation of what live a great story is all about, it's like, you got to be you because when you're you and you're embarking on that authentic journey and moving forward and riding the roller coaster of the, uh, the crazy life of, of back and forth and trial and error and failure and success, uh, then that inspires other people to do the same. And so really at the core, it's like, you got to be you and then ideally do that with good people. And, um, that's, I think what it's all about in the end. Yeah. I love that. And, and, you know, I think all of that sounds sexy and romantic to all of us sitting here and all the listeners probably thinking, yeah, like that's what I want out of my life. Right. But man, like living that in practice is a lot freaking harder. I think we all know that. So take us back to, you know, you don't have to go through all the details, but like growing up, I'm sure you were probably told to live a certain life. Right. And I can't imagine someone told you from a very beginning, you know, everybody told you in your hometown that, Hey, go do whatever you want. It's all good. You can, you can be whoever you want. Or maybe they did. If, if, well, you know, it's interesting. So I was just talking to my dad and he, he's a big reader. And, and so I think definitely like reading has been a, a big part of my education and, and kind of this type of type of thinking um, rather than learning in a classroom. But he was reading and, and he was like, hey, I just thought of something like um, when y- you moved to Hungary, when we, we moved to Hungary, we were you weren't taught how to do anything. So like we kind of moved there and then kind of got like set off on our own. And I think that's a little bit of nature and like have always been kind of innately adventurous and, and, you know, community driven, like want to hang out with people and stuff. But he was like, yeah, like within, you know, we moved there and you started hanging out with the neighbors, you know, you're playing soccer. I think within a month I could speak Hungarian. So it was like this crazy thing, like pretty fast. I mean, when you're a kid, you, you pick it up, but he's like, no one ever taught you how to do this. Like it wasn't ever, you weren't taught. You had to figure it out on your own. There wasn't like how do you move to another country like we didn't teach you that like you went to school pretty much like you know kindergarten you started in kindergarten in Hungary and like you learned how to do this and you learned how to do this and you you know started playing soccer and you learned how and like and so and then he was kind of piecing that uh kind of early like early life stage stuff together and then also correlating it with and then I was thinking about it and I realized that it's it's happened so many times like that kind of the unknown and embracing it and so even though, and, and I don't know, you know, he's like, not everybody's like this. Like not everybody grew up with this kind of like blank slate paper, like go figure it out. And I think, I think that we're getting more that way as a culture. Like I think a lot of the younger education stuff that's happening and kind of the, um, the pivoting of how elementary school kids are taught in, in, in like not in, in public schools and like even private schools, but like kind of the cutting edge stuff is that kids know what they need to do. We just have to like empower them and support them in, in figuring it out. So it's kind of like the Socratic method. And so I'm kind of bouncing all around because I just like he just told me this and I've been thinking about it. But I think really that idea of of from the beginning, like kind of embracing that, not even really willfully, just kind of by nature, like it just had to happen, uh, has been an interesting thing because I've sought that kind of unknown for a long time. And I like, I like, you know, walking through the forest, chopping down trees with a machete, like being the first one on the path. Right. Or like kind of blazing the trail. And, uh, and I, and so I don't know where I was going with that, but I think that is an interesting thing to think back on our lives and like how we got to here. Cause like, you're right. Like, I, explain live a great story it sounds sexy it's pretty fast you know i can say it really well but it's taken so long to get to that point even before live a great story and doing so many other things to you and then 
understanding live a great story and then how do I explain it? And I've explained it a thousand different mm -hmm. ways, like over the last five years. Um, but I think it's like, I think that's the most exciting thing is cause there is no path. Like the path doesn't exist and it's really for us to figure it out. Uh, and, and like, I think anybody tries to tell you that it's linear is, is just like inherently wrong. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's dive into that because most people take the linear path. You know, I was on it for a long time. It's And linear, there's nothing wrong with linear per se. It's just, you know, this concept of kind of, you know, going to going to school because someone told you to go to school, you know, get a good degree because they told you to. Go apply for all the jobs they tell you to do, you know, get the job, save your money, you know, do the 401k thing, you know, retire at some point, And then that's when you can really start living your life, right? And for me personally, working as a financial planner and wealth management, I saw this all the time where a lot of times retirees, would do that they would they would save up all this money millions of dollars and then they would have a real struggle real almost like an identity crisis when it came time to retire because they realized like they had they had tied so much of their their life's worth their identity to their career right and all of a sudden it was like oh shit like what's this next 20 30 years of my life going to look like when i don't have a, a calling per se and it was really kind of sad sometimes it was exciting for a lot of clients but it was also like really sad a lot of times so I like the way that, that you're taking this approach of, now we're going to kind of flip that. We're going to live our best years now and really go for it. Tell me about a time or, or maybe multiple times as you were going through this process, trying to get this or other businesses off the ground, and you ran into people who were just haters, man. Trolls were everywhere. They're probably hating on you because either they're jealous or they just didn't understand what you're trying to do um, because it's off the beaten path. It's nonlinear. So talk to me about some times, either specific times or just in general, about how you've overcome those, those people in your life. So the first definitely major nonlinear decision that I made that caused conflict, well, as I said, that another idea came to mind that was like a major conflict that, uh, actually we'll touch on that because that's something I don't talk about as much, um, which is interesting. I, it, I, haven't, I haven't thought about this in a while, but it, I'm glad it came up. I guess when I was maybe a senior in high school, I was like definitely part of everything in high school, like in the mix of everything, like played sports, you know, always was at parties doing things like, and I kind of started growing out of that at one point and like kind of started diverting towards like, I want to really curate, you know, the idea of you're the five people that you're around, like who are these people? Yeah. And so this happened in high school and I went through one day and very, I think it was maybe like, so I didn't go to college, but I think it was like maybe my freshman year time. Like I went to ACC for a little bit, but I can't remember exactly. But I essentially unfriended a bunch of people. And I had a blog at this time and I wrote this blog post about oh, unfriending people. Yeah. Oh, so this gosh. was like in 2010, right? <laughs> Damn. And I literally unfriended. Yeah. I unfriended not only like like vigilantly unfriended, you know, like vocally people knew that I unfriended them mm -hmm. and wrote a blog post about it. And it was a really intense thing because I kind of was, you know, going parallel to my friends at this time. And I decided to very drastically take a diverted path and everybody kind of kept going down this way. And so I was like, and it was probably too aggressive in hindsight. I, I would have handled it differently now, knowing what I know now. But at the time, I think it was the right decision because it really like jolted me in this other direction where I like, and I kind of became, this is like right when I left, probably like was leaving college. So after a year at ACC, I moved out like up North Austin, got a tiny uh, apartment, had a really shitty job and would just like work and then go home and read and cook and like work out and like, and build and like come up with business ideas. And it's like a, like for a year straight, I pretty much, I read like 
50 some books the year I left college like was 50 some books in one year yeah I was like in it like Atlas Shrugged was one of them wow. like um, heavy books heavy man. books yeah like real like pivotal um, tribes was one of the big ones how to win friends and influence people you know um, I was doing so much uh, affirmations and stuff because of think and grow rich you know I was like in yeah. that world and so but I was cut off from this other world that I knew and it definitely caused a lot of friction and, and for a lot like years and years people and I'm decently acquainted with some of those people that I cut out but um, <laughs> it was like a really it was a thing but it was just something that I knew I had to do for myself and even looking back on it I was like this is what to become who I need to be I have to do this and I and I don't feel bad about the decision I maybe could have done it more tactfully but one of the things that I like really think is valuable is that you got to make the decisions for yourself so when you make a decision it's like because I want to and if you can own that decision I think that's one of the main and thoughtfully you know decide on things and really think it through I think that's one of the biggest decisions that will lead that lots of those decisions lead to not living a life of regret because when you can own your stuff it's on you you made that decision it's on your shoulders you can't regret that right like you you because you don't have anybody else to blame but yourself so I think that's a big one and that choice in you know at whatever 19 years old 20 years old and I kind of be like that was an intense deal that I for sure diverted from that path and got a lot of hate for it. Like, you know, this was like, I had Google analytics at the time, like my thing, like, you know, oh, yeah. spiked, like hundreds of people read this, <laughs> yeah. like all like, you know, I had a thousand friends and 500 of them read it. So, um, yeah, that was a wild time. That was crazy. It was, it's crazy thinking back on that. Cause that was definitely like over a decade ago. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. You know, I, I align with that a lot. The, the drastic measure to, no, like when you come to the realization of like, I need a different group of people around me. I need a different environment to achieve what I want to achieve. Um, I did something similar and just I uh, quit my job, started a company, an agency, and got up and moved to Nashville. And I was just like, I don't know if this is gonna work. Uh, we'll see if it does. But I mean, it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. I didn't know anybody in Nashville, Tennessee. I got a little apartment downtown. I told myself when I got there, when I met people, I'd say yes to everything. Uh, and I made some really great friends that way instead of just being, I'm, I'm naturally pretty introverted. So like I can hermit and just be in my space with my dog, Netflix. I'm good. And my laptop, mm -hmm. I can spend hours. Um, but yeah, it was incredibly nerve wracking. That drive across the country from Seattle to Nashville, Tennessee. I was just like the whole time, like self doubt, like, is this, man, is this, is this the right thing? Like, what if it crashes and burns? Um, but looking back now, it's like, it was so worth the leap, like the leap of faith, like what was on the other side of that. Um, I would, yeah, I, I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. I'm more successful than I've ever been in my life. Like everything like really added up. And I've got these awesome friends mm -hmm. here in Austin now too. Like it's, I totally resonate with that. I wonder if the leap hasn't worked out for people. Like, do you think there's people that have taken that leap and regret it? I want, that's a good question. Like there's gotta be someone didn't go as planned nothing it doesn't yeah, ever go it as planned. Never, right, it right. never goes yeah. as planned that is very true i'm in austin tennessee a year later um <laughs> uh or austin tennessee austin, say, texas whiskey's hitting him harder right, right. <laughs> um i think it's what always makes it quote unquote successful is the it was never as bad as you thought it was gonna be like the yeah. worst was it was never that bad so like your courage to make the next step or take the next the bigger leap and risk more 
um, it's just easier and easier instead of playing it safe all the time. Yeah. So that touches on two thoughts. I wanted to go back to something that you said about the vacation side and then also the same thing that the original four hour work week, um, Tim Ferriss talks Mm -hmm. about two things. He talks about uh, mini vacations and that you don't wait for a 20 year vacation in your life, you take a bunch of little ones. So that for sure, right around that same time for, for our work week in that year sabbatical or whatever. Yeah. And then, um, also facing fear and the analogy of the shadow being so much bigger than the object. So, you know, you take this bottle of whiskey and you shine a light on it and it's dark, it's going to look really big on that wall. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's not that big. And there's so many uh, instances where we can practice that in life. Like I think his analogy is laying in bed at night, did I lock the front door? And if you just sit there and like embrace the fact that you might have locked it, you might not, but you can just sit with that worry and like not get up immediately and go check it. Like it's kind of those small practices that you realize that pretty much rarely, if ever, it's as bad as it seems. Like there are cases like that. um, But so many, so often the, the worst outcome is like, you know, if you do the statistic analysis, statistical analysis of what are the chances of that happening, it's so insanely small, but that's like what we jump to. It's like the, there's like the, you know, guns like they they're like don't hide the hide the guns from your kids right but like infinitely more kids die from falling in pools than from guns but like no one talks about you know like that idea um but i think it's like practicing the small ones i think that's why it's cool as as uh young adults and like even younger people are starting to realize this that like failure is not it doesn't exist right it's like not this finite failure where you're a failure it's like if you can just fail as many times as possible and like really learn how to do that at sixth grade you know or whatever like and and start practicing that early on then you realize that like you take this big jump to another city or you quit your job or you whatever like you're gonna figure it out like if you made that decision you're most likely like have the you know like skills or like the the ambition or whatever to like go for it then it's going to work out it's probably most definitely not going to be however you expected live a great story did not come out of anything that i expected um but that's life yeah so i mean we can dive deeper into your story but is, is there anything you do daily weekly monthly to like purposely set yourself up to like basically experience the that fear whatever you want to call it just like in, like insecurity and like to just embrace that state of uncomfortable like uncomfortable state like i i think that's fascinating like if you can cultivate just that feeling like you said it just becomes you it just because it hits you doesn't mean you have to like succumb to the fear like you just set up like i mean you could sing karaoke once a week you could get up to a stand-up or you could do something that like scares the snot out of you mm-hmm. and you just put yourself in it all the time I don't know if there's anything that I practice, like routinely practice with that. I have massively routinely practiced pushing fear, like comfort zones. Um, and I don't know so much now. I had a in- experience recently. So we're gearing up to host a Live a Great Story conference. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be in October. So it's like three and some change months out. And probably like last week or something, I had like a really intense feel. Like we are announcing it. It's already like the ball's rolling. We put deposits down on locations and, you know, like started the process. And I had like a moment where I was like, I'm like actually worried, you know, um, or like I have fear around this. And it probably lasted two days, which is interesting. And but it allowed me because I don't feel that much that often. Like I, yeah. I really have I've 
think work to eliminate a lot of the kind of baseline fears that are foundational that have shined the light enough to see, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But this was like a, a one where I was like, oh man, like there's money on the line. There's more or less reputation and yeah. experience. There's like even like ex- my personal expectations of my, like all these things came up and I was like, oh man. And there was like probably two days where I was like sitting in it. I was like really like, you know, laying and doing the laying in bed is the door locked. Like feeling, why do I feel this way? Can, what can, am I can worried we pause about? that? Can you, I don't know how vulnerable you want to get here, but we're all about diving deep on this stuff. Like what were some of the legit fears that were going, like probably irrational fears, but what, what was going through your head? Like what's worst case scenario? So, I mean, it comes down to, it comes, I, I think for me, it was a monetary fear because this conference is just logistically to organize and host it is probably going to be we're we're not it's probably like a $40,000 day, right? Wow. So this is like a like all said and done, it's maybe like a $40,000 weekend day, we'll we'll see, but um that's a lot of money to put on a day and to like rally behind with Pretty much, and at this point, I was feeling pretty solo about it. I have an event planner, and then I kind of have a right-hand girl named Kelly, and, and she's like super events, and like this is kind of her expertise. And then Seal is our other event planner who's like boots on the ground logistics, and they're both, and like Kelly's kind of been gone for a little bit doing something, and Seal was kind of gone. So I felt really lonely in it, and I was mm-hmm. like, I like cannot do this by myself. I, there's just no way. Like I suck at this stuff. I wing everything, and I don't plan, and this is going to take massive amounts of planning. It's going to take massive amounts of focus. On top of this, like this is a vertical amongst probably five equally uh, substantial verticals right now, and I was like, I just, I, don't, I can't do this alone, and also, um, I have so many other things to do, right? And so, definitely, like that was like more the financial side, and then also, I mean, I think that foundationally is really based on money because the money would determine the. If that problem was solved, then it would equate that pro- solving that problem would um, solve the other problems. So if if the money problem was eliminated from sponsors, from ticket sales, from whatever, then that means that it would solve attendance, it would solve you know hype, it would solve marketing, it would solve all these other problems. So that was kind of like the backbone of it to say like, can we get 250 people in a house on one day here in Austin, Texas, with three months heads up? Like I don't know, it's pretty scary. I can't do it myself. So that was kind of that way of doing it. Um, and then CJ Finley, um, y'all know, yep. like I t- he's been a huge help in all of this. And so I kind of called him and he was like, dude, I want, you know, he's like, I want to be a part of this. Like, this is awesome. Like, I want to do this one day. Let me like, let's, let's chat. Yeah. And so I called him one day and, and it was kind of on the, on the tail end of that. But I was like, dude, yeah, like I'm worried about this. He's like, dude, don't worry about it, man. We're like, we got this. Like, we're going to crush it. Yeah. Like, you know, like he definitely like picked me up. Um, and, and then and then that that was on like Friday we had a call and out of that call I realized that we need to do more in-person events leading up to it. So he was like, dude, you gotta like do this, do this, and this and like host in-person things. So I pretty much was like, bing, light bulb. I was like, I'm gonna throw a happy hour, I'm gonna invite all the coolest people I know, all my homies who are doing yep. cool shit, like building things, like come out to a happy hour, I wanna share this with you in person. And like that was on Friday on like Sunday, like I had a weekend, like went out on a boat Sunday. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do this Monday texted people and was like, yo, you're dope. Come to happy hour. P six sunset. 
overlook the city. I want to share something with you pretty much. And it was like the most epic Thursday happy hour. Like it was like, I definitely like teared up multiple times. Like I was just like so overwhelmed with gratitude for my circle and all the people that are doing things. So can I go from one end of the spectrum of like resistance and fear and like worry to like full alignment and just like support and power uh, was just such like a cool experience, but it took, I couldn't have got to here without going through the, you know, the, the worry and the fear to get to like more of the confidence and the optimism and yeah. like flow. That's cool, man. I, yeah. And to uh, affirm you, I'm in the same mental state. My day <laughs> job, I'm my first conference and it's for an entire corporation that I'm helping. I'm one of the unit planners for one of the business units and mine's in oct- end of October and mm. um, I've burned through tens of thousands of dollars and it's all my idea and it's my schedule and my everything and like, yeah, it'll work. It'll be great. It's totally gonna be great. Like, and it's a little bit of like every day refreshing the registration page. Like, mm-hmm. come on, come on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I, affirm, I totally, I get it. I'm with you there right now. And yeah. I think, but that's like, it's probably like, I mean, it's ownership, right? So yeah. that's your idea and you, it's on you. Yeah. So even though it's not totally your, your full like thing, you're still in that space of like, this yeah. is mine. And so I think that's, what's cool about doing that is first of all, that is nonlinear foundationally. And most people don't take that risk, but by taking that risk and like stepping into that, it just like, that's what life I think yeah. is about. Cause you're like, Oh shit, this is going to fall apart. But then you like face it and go through it and you realize that it's going to work out, yeah. you know, whatever. And I, I don't know. I think that's like, and then so, so seeking that kind of cycle of, of that, I think is the coolest part because that feeling that you have and that I had here is like, doesn't go away. Right. So even if you are, you've exited a company for eight figures, you're still going to restart another company. You're still going to go through the struggle. You know, you're still going to get a significant other and have kids that's going to be another struggle you're gonna have health struggles like all these things happen like repeatedly through life and so i think it's about flexing that muscle to handle that adversity and practicing it and like really sitting in it to like and knowing that it's not going to ever go away like once you get to success quote unquote which i don't think exists you're going to have the same thing again and again like everybody that we know that we think of is like the best in the world at whatever like name anybody with whatever money or success or podcasts or you know movies or albums or plaques on the wall whatever like they're still going through this all the time and so it's like dude if you know brad pitt with 100 million dollars still goes through this for once upon a time in hollywood like and quentin tarantino or theoretically why can't i go through this and like why should i think that this is not going to happen again yeah totally yeah I think that's cool, and it speaks to something that we had a little little kind of a guy talk retreat uh, light this past weekend. Several of us guys got together and went out to a farm, and we were sitting around a fire, and it was really, really cool. You know, so I won't go into details because that's kind of like a sacred space, um, but it was really cool to hear from all of us guys. We all, on a certain topic, we all had a story in our head that we've been telling ourselves, you know, a narrative in our head that we've been telling ourselves. All of our stories were very different along the same topic, right, which is interesting in itself that... 
within one particular realm part of life, we all had, uh, five of us had different stories all, you know, within the same realm. Um, but they were wildly different. And I think that was like wildly reassuring that like, Hey, our stories in our head that we're telling ourselves may be very different, but we've all got something. We've all got some insecurity somewhere in our life. You know, I think that speaks to what you're talking about. Even the person who exits a eight figure deal or something, and they're still going to have the insecurities and the struggles next time around. It's, it's never ending. So for the people who think that, you know, oh, one day I'll be happy. One day I'll be successful. I think the realization that it's always going to be a grind. It's always going to be work, but, you know, we just get stronger along the way. I think it's one of the coolest things that, that we kind of preach here is that by coming together with the right people, you said you found CJ and the rest of your team here, you know, as you build up this conference, like you found the right people and that's what helped push you further. Like, do you think in other parts of your life, other struggles in your life, um, do you think it's the people that have helped push you through things like your own mental roadblocks or do you have any like like actionable advice otherwise other than just meeting people that help you push through that roadblock because we all get stopped at some point and you know I'd love to hear some practical tips of how you've pushed through I think I think creation like creating is a big one and that's kind of taken lots of forms in my life from journaling to photos to video to writing um, content and stuff. Like I think that any sort of creation is important. You could be a pottery person, you know, or you can do abstract art or wood carving or something that like you do and you like have an idea and you make, I think really fundamentally energizes something in humanity like we've been doing that pretty much forever like that's like been the constant so i think that's a good one um uh reading and, and learning from people is a big one i mean you never know what you're gonna like that word or that sentence or that paragraph from someone that's just going to give you that kind of light bulb reflection or, or um, even relatability, you know, to something. So I think, you know, getting outside of yourself, there's, there's partially getting inside of yourself and, and like sitting in it and probably meditating or breathing or journaling or, you know, quiet time, something like that is important. Uh, and then, but then also it's like, you got to have good data coming in. So like, what are you listening to? Who are you surrounding yourself with? What are you not listening to and not surrounding yourself with? Um, but I, I really think, I mean, I think so much of it is community and your homies, right? Like yep. that's, you got to be hyper vigilant about who those people are. And if the people in your life don't have what you want, it's not necessarily that they're they're not bad people, but they're just not the people that are going to get you what you want. So that's like a, a pretty big one. And it's hard. You got to move across the country. You got to quit a job. You got to get out of a bad relationship. Like none of those are easy decisions by any means. But I think that like they're the right decisions if they're the right decisions for like the person. But I think that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's growth, right? And it's, and so it's like, whatever, however you grow, like you can, but you got to just keep growing. And even if it's like a little bit at a time, right? Like an inch, like you don't, life isn't about getting to there. Like, so we don't need to run a marathon all the, every day, you know, like that's absurd. But if you're just like walking and like, there's just action, I think that that solves a lot of it. And like, you'll figure out how to do it. Um, but there's always a solution and mm -hmm. yeah, seek help for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I think that's one of our favorite things here. And I think maybe even, 
last week's topic was you've been unfollowed. Was that last week? I can't remember. It was one of our most recent podcasts. It was all about you've been unfollowed, and it's that exact sentiment of who are the five people in your life that you spend the most time with, and how are they impacting you? You know, and also how are you impacting them? Are you building them up, or are you holding them back? And that's something you know we like to kind of we believe in like the equal exchange of value here. You know, and, and I think that's really cool that it seems to kind of interwine into your entire story as you've built your your life and also also the business here. So. As we as we kind of transition, I want to hear, and we're gonna, we're gonna end the podcast on a high note. We love then on a high note, but before we get there, man, we can't just gloss over and, and and do the highlight reel here, right? So take us to a point, either in your life or specifically with with Live a Great Story, where shit hit the fan, man, and you were feeling like, tell us a story, let us know exactly the emotions you were feeling at your darkest point, and then let us know kind of what got you out of that. Yeah, I want to try to talk about something I probably haven't talked about as much because there's more or less the story of like, because Live a Great Story fundamentally came from a lot of these moments, like built into how this started were those moments. So it's part of the story. Um, I think really, actually along the Nashville story, um, and this is, this is like a, a well-versed story, so but I, I hope it'll lead to like a less well-versed version, like um, segment of it. Yeah. But when I, I moved to San Diego, so I, I went to go travel, and so I w- went to Europe for seven months. I got back, and I knew I didn't want to stay in Austin, but somewhere in that time that I was trying to figure it out, I spray painted Live a Great Story on a wall. So so that happened within a couple months of coming back from San or from traveling. And so I spoke in a Livergate story. If your life was a book, would anybody read it? And do you have campfire stories? So I spoke in hmm. three things um, all around the city, three of them, um, all downtown. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to move out of Austin. And I decided on San Diego and moved there with nothing. Like knew one person from Couchsurfing and one person that introduced me to their friend and didn't know anybody else. And so I thought that I was, I guess, 23 at the time and – I thought I was a badass. I had like started all these companies and like had done all this stuff, which really wasn't anything, but I felt good about <laughs> it. Um, and then I had traveled and I had done all these cool things and I thought that I could just go out there and get a job and life would be gravy. Like, Oh, you're a cool traveler that does stuff. Like we'll hire you and then work out. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't look that good on yeah, a resume. No, no, it doesn't look good when it's like started this for six months, started this for six months, started this for six months, like started this and then didn't go to college and then went to go travel. It's like not a good resume. <laughs> and so I was having like an insanely hard time. And on top of that, I got a job at a really cool bar, but the bar I was at the, I was like a door guy at a craft cocktail bar. It's like a super well-known spot. Um, but I was at the worst position and it was like really lonely position. Cause I was at the door. No one likes a door guy ever. Like I feel insanely <laughs> horrible for door guys because you're just an obstacle. Even if people are nice, it's not nice enough to make you feel good. <laughs> so then you're not nice in return and it's just a downward spiral. And so I was at this like really difficult time because I like wasn't getting any jobs for eight. I was trying to like work at an agency or some sort of marketing place. Um, wasn't getting any sort of traction there, like was working at a really terrible bar with horrible income and like struggling relationally. Like I didn't have, like it was like definitely like six months, you know, six months in a new city is like really hard for the most part. Um, where, where were you staying at this point? So I was staying at, 
I visited San Diego before I moved there and I couch searched with the guy in San Diego. And so he was really cool. And we like connected, had one night together. He was like, dude, come out to the beach. All my homies were, we're going to be drinking on PB. You've been to San Diego. Yeah. No, no, never been to San Diego. Yeah. No. So like PB yeah. is like kind of the dirty sixth, except it's okay. a beach and like yeah. filled with college students, <laughs> which I guess is dirty six. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, lit and it's all the navy people and all the army so it's like Mm -hmm. insane and so we are staying literally like on the boardwalk you could hear the waves crashing it was crazy and so we went out had a great night and so i didn't see him again and then like a month or two months later i was like hey i'm moving to san diego he's like dude i have an open spot you can come crash with me Mm -hmm. so it actually worked out really great he just went to bali I sent him a live gray story shirt. He was like, dude, everybody love your tank top or whatever. I rocked it everywhere. And I saw your stickers everywhere in Bali, like super awesome. I was like, cool. Um, but anyway, so I was staying with him. So I, I definitely like had the thing where you're like, say yes to everything. You meet people, but it's still like hard and you're like trying to find yourself and trying to find where you fit in and you know, all these different emotions. And so, um, it was really, really hard. And then I, and so I, I stayed with him for a little bit and then I moved out and was like living downtown, but like still not a great setup and like still working at the bar and was getting more, but long story short, it's like really difficult. It was like a really hard time. And that's where I spray painted liver grade story again. So the first one didn't really do anything like it caught traction and like people are sharing it, but I, I'm pretty sure it probably got painted over pretty quickly. And then I spray painted again in San Diego, a lot bigger, probably like three of these panels right here, liver grade story on a white wall, red spray paint. And it was really a personal reminder. So it was for me, I was like, like, and then I also, spray painted all great stories have ups and downs on another wall and so it was those two things and and i was like i knew that i needed to see i knew i needed to like sit in this and like embrace this and go through this struggle because that's what it's about it's like not that it's like everything's gravy all the time and you know rose-colored glasses like life is the spectrum and you have to embrace the the swing and so uh, that's where Live a Great Story came from, and people started taking pictures of it. And what's been really cool is that that's happened so many times in the brand where I've been on this like, this isn't going anywhere, it's gonna fall apart, I don't know what I'm doing, and that's when I would like get a message from someone that's like, oh man, I just stumbled across this picture and like, whatever, you know, or like, the the positive reinforcement that came that happens for other people when they see it happened was happening for me. And so that's happened so many times where, I mean, like how, like that's the entrepreneurial roller coaster. Like I'm going to quit. I'm done. Like this is going to suck. And then someone sends you that like DM. You're like, all right, strap up another day, you know? And, and and so, yeah. yeah, Oh yeah. Like it's literally daily. Um, Hmm. and so, I mean, that was, that's like, that was a really, that was like the one, right? Like that was like the really difficult one that was that like massive ride. Um, and that wasn't even, you know, that was probably for six months or, or something. So it was, it was for sure trudging, you know, rolling the boulder uphill, moving to a new city and just like hopeless, like none of the jobs were hitting me back. Like I did, you know, I was like trying to follow all the rules about this stuff and like, I, I did uh, remit Sethi's like dream job course and yeah. I was just like 
why the heck isn't this working? And then I realized <laughs> that, like, after all of this is like, I don't want a job. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did you get a refund for that? I should have. Yeah. <laughs> I should have. What's the other guy? Like, another there's another podcaster, like hopelessly unemployed or like unemployable or something. He's another dude in San Diego. I forget what his, his deal is, but I was like, that's more my style. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. That's important to recognize those kind of things because I think that speaks so much to this whole linear life that a lot of times we start going down this path because we think that's what we want, probably because we've been conditioned by other people or I, I hate the word like phrase society, but like, you know, somewhere along the line, we thought we wanted this path. And then so many of us either feel like we're so far down that path or it's just so scary and unknown to switch paths that they just keep going right towards the, towards the, you know, A to B towards that B that they don't actually want. And I think that's a pretty miserable, unfulfilled life to live. So it sounds like you were going down this path. You were taking the courses on how to get the dream job, right? At what point did you recognize like, okay, you know, this is not the path for me. How did you get the courage to, or was it a last resort thing to, to change paths and be like, you know what, I'm going to make this switch. It was not a drastic decision. It was a slow decision. It was a, it was a sl- yeah, it was a slow decision. And now that I'm thinking about it, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that things just like, there's no rush for anything, right? Like you have to, there is kind of a flow of life. Um, and you have to go through life. Like everybody goes through the same stuff. Like you can read every self-development book before you're 18 and you're still going to go through a quarter life crisis. Like that just happens, you know, like you're still going to go through the ups and like you can read every relationship book and your relationship's going to fall apart and you have to like stick with it, you know? And like, like that's just life. And so that kind of goes to the back idea of like sitting in it and like embracing it. And so... I, the decision was, and actually this, this kind of what I was mentioning about my dad earlier, like all those decisions. And when I started consciously making these like, um, frontier decisions, we're like on the frontier of it. You're like, we'll see what, ha-. like, we'll yeah. see what happens, but I'm going to try it. Like that idea. Like I, I started playing lacrosse. My mom was like, just go to lacrosse practice and see what happens. Like just, just try it out, you know? Yeah. And I tried it out and like was a baller lacrosse player and like loved it and played all through high school nice. and like it was awesome. And, and, and I was like, I'll just try it out. You know, I was like, I'll just try it out. I'll just try it out. I'll just try it out. And so that's what happened with Liv. I was like, my buddy, we were sitting on the couch and he was just like, dude, I think you're onto something here. And I was like, I think you're right. He's like, I think you should keep going with it. And I was like, I think you're right. We'll see what happens. And so it was just like that decision. And it was just like the continued this. And, and, um, one of the things I like kind of a, a creed, a creed or something that I follow or like one of my themes or something like that is um, I chase the butterflies because you get these moments in life where you're like just like there and your like soul is like ripped open and you're just like so alive and you just like feel so much in the flow. And I think that those moments, like even when these people like these like listeners or whoever, or whatever, like all of us are in these moments where we like feel like we're um, not owning ourselves or like we're not, directly in alignment or whatever and it's like do we have these moments where we get alive you know and you're just like like the flow or whatever and 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 so um i think that we just have to keep chasing those and 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 that's what it's not ever gonna live like we're never gonna be on that 
level all the time. But if you just keep following those and like staying true to yourself when that shows up and you don't shut it down, like if you shut it down, you only get so many shutdowns, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you shut that shit down, you're going to veer off path and like it's way harder to get back on the path with every time that you shut down the butterflies. Um, And so, but but then you just have to like stay with it. And it's like not about consistency necessarily like i'm the most inconsistent person but i'm persistent and i just like I, i'm just gonna i'm gonna step a little bit it's not always gonna be you know 18 inches all the time like one foot in front of the other but yep. sometimes i'm gonna shuffle step sometimes I'm gonna be sprinting but like it's just like like the dailiness of like gotta keep going you know you gotta open your computer you gotta whatever and it's like whatever that is for you um and it's just like sticking with it. And that's how live happened and, and continues to happen. Yeah. And I think really like we still don't know what live a great story is or like what the big vision is. We're like definitely getting fine tuned into it, but five years of like, we're just going to see what happens. Like, let's just keep going. Like, let's do this. Let's try this. Like we tried something called the live a great story guide and we launched just Kickstarter and it didn't work. And we're like, all right, well that was a big money pit and kind of a big, you know, stumble, but we just kept going, kept going like the conference. We'll see what happens. Yep. But as long as you're not like too far overstretched or whatever, um, just keep going and, and like keep having fun with it. And, you know, it could all end tomorrow. I think that's like another thing. It's like you literally could die like walking out of here. You know, you never know. Someone was talking about some tree fell on some other day and like they died. Like how does like life is so unpredictable. And so it's like if you're not waking up kind of excited in the morning and you're not going to sleep like kind of excited about your life and like feeling good about today was a success like I think that's another thing is like like success is a daily thing like you never are successful but if you can go to bed then you're successful for that day and you just got to piece as many of those successfuls together like in like in a line as possible and like that's where success comes from because it's not external like no one can tell your success it's all inside and like that's yeah I'm pumped up. I'm pumped. Yeah. Let's fucking go. That needs to go on a t-shirt. Yeah. Right. Right. That's awesome, man. Success is daily. Yeah. Yeah. I really like your concept of, you know, it's not like you have a goal in mind or whatever, or maybe a vague, even a vague vision of what you might want for your life. I love what you said about it's not necessarily about consistency because you're inconsistent yourself. I am too. You know, I, I struggle with, you know, just being the same every single day because that's kind of boring to me, to be honest, and probably to you too. Uh, but I love you said it's not necessarily about consistency. It's about persistence. I don't know if persistency is a word, but it's about persistence, right? And is that a word, Joel? Persistency? <laughs> uh, water doesn't cut through the rock because of strength. It's because of persistence. I love so that. So it's like, it's just like, yeah. you know, you go up to Sculpture Falls. Like, that's yep. not because of the raging river. It's just because it's there all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love that. All right, good deal, man. So as we as we wrap up here and kind of end on the high note here, I, I know you got your conference coming up. I obviously want to hear the details of that, but one of the big things we love to touch on is is this concept of hashtag nah bigger. So it's on the side of my yeah. Jeep out here, you know, and it's all about it's all about living your life way bigger than you give yourself credit for. Or you're, you're, you're a lot of us have capabilities or potential in life. You know, we think, yeah, I'm, I'm high performing. I can do a lot of cool things, and we like to challenge ourselves and our listeners, our, our tribe here, to say nah bigger to those goals and dreams and everything so what does your nah bigger life look like for you personally as zach and also for live a great story so i just back when i was talking about that year hiatus where i was like reading all those books and stuff i wrote down my dream year right or dream day and i and i put some and i like did some serious foundational work to like lay like this is what i want my life to be like and just like this last weekend it was 
it was in the last 10 days or two weeks or something with that happy hour that I talked about, we had another party and some stuff has been evolving. And I was with my sister last weekend and, and I was like, those thoughts that I had, like, that's going to happen. I was like, that's inevitable at this point. And I'm like, I need to think bigger about that. And she was like, same here. Like, I feel yeah. the same way. And like, and so I was like, oh man. Cause like, there's a number, there's like a lifestyle, there's something. And I was like, man, like, and so, um, it was like a really cool feeling where I was just like, it was just like clarity. I was like, what happens when you reach your dream, you know, your goals, you have to set new goals right before yeah. you reach them. And so I think, yeah, it's a good question. I don't, I, I haven't, I mean, that just happened, that conversation and kind of this feeling was a very recent thought. So I don't know. I need to think about what the, the knob bigger is. Um, I think I recently, I, I thought that I only wanted a, a company of like 25 people. Um, and I think that that was like a good amount, but for some reason now that's seeming a little bit small. And I think that the impact that we can make is more people than that. Uh, it came from the idea that like, I think Tito's is a billion dollar company. And I think they only have like 12 employees or something. I was like, that's insane. Like you don't need a, a big team, right. but, but then, and so, and I was like looking at comparable companies. I was like, Hmm. But I was like, I like the vision for live is that we want to have like we want to inspire we want to have people that are using their superpowers within live you know to make what we're doing bigger and better and back more people and so it makes sense to not to have more people doing that so like we have to like yeah let's stack it with let's double it you know like, let's get like 25 that's cool let's do 50 you know let's do more um so i think that's a that's a cool like new new phase of it uh that and then i think I th so I also recently got a girlfriend and she's amazing. And so I like, think that's like another side of this whole thing, like thinking about that, like that's like some serious, not bigger. Cause like that wasn't even on the mm -hmm. thing. And now thinking about some stuff there. So that's, that's an interesting kind of like life, life thoughts. Um, and I think just really like the foundation of the live a great story conference is that we want like our people in the same room together mm -hmm. and it happens and there's a lot of people doing it, but we have something that happens when people start talking about these things with this foundation of, of a great story uh, and like living that that's really powerful and that really connects people. And so, um, doing that with more and more people is really like really the goal. And so not only in my life with like, my people, but also as a brand. Um, and I think that there's so much that we can do to like make this world and, and going back to it, like, I think we're like honing in on what our impact can be. And I really think that it's with, uh, youth and somehow in like really playing a massive role in probably education of some sorts in elementary school kids, which I think is going to be pretty big. Like, I think that that's like, if we can do our, if we can monetize the right way and scale and, you know, create really meaningful content and host meaningful events, all of that for millennials more or less. And then probably in like 10 years, um, 
will have a huge impact on the next generation. So I think that that's like the really not bigger. It's like, when's the best time to plant a tree, right? And it's like, or... Yeah, it's yesterday, for, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, that sounds a quote. It's... A hundred years ago or something like that? It's... Uh, the, when's the last time? A hundred years ago. When's the next best time? Nah, but that's not what I was thinking. The one that I was thinking about was like, real people plant the trees for like the next generation. I, I can't quite quote it, but that's the idea. It's like, how can like we keep passing this on you know yeah yeah Yeah. when it's all over what did what's the impact that was left behind yeah for sure hell yeah man yeah i think that's so cool man because i know so many people think they're they're not bigger my big lifestyle goals it's tied to a monetary thing it's it's a dollar sign right or it's a popularity thing or social status but i absolutely love that yours and and ours we relate on this too on on so many deep levels it's all about impact you know and you know it's, it's the reason why most recently, I've, I've talked nonstop about this starfish tattoo that I want to get. Are you familiar with the starfish story? I brought it up on the last podcast. It's coming up again. It's made a difference <laughs> exactly. for that one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Made a difference for that one. And I think what a cool concept, man, that you're you're building something here that literally on any given day, any given hour of any given day, you can make a big impact. Someone could walk by either a sticker or maybe one of those spray-painted signs and think, live a great story. And, you know, am I? Do I have any campfire stories? And just... The rest of their walk then, they're thinking about that. They're ruminating on that. And they're like, shit, you know what? I need to step my life up a little bit and, and stop living this linear, linear lifestyle, right? And how does it make you feel, man? Do you, do you take, a, take a breath every once in a while? And- yeah, I definitely try to as much as possible. And yeah. it's usually, yeah, it's usually when people sh- like share really cool stories. I'm like, and even less cool stories, like it happens a lot. And so I have to be like, that's just as cool as every other time that someone, you know, like mm-hmm. recently we're doing a bunch of videos on people that have live a great story tattoos. And so it's just like insane, you know, like this person is sitting across from me and has a permanent circle with these words. And it's just like, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild, but it's like, that's really all there is like in those moments. And like, that's all that it really matters. And I think it's like moment by moment. It's like that, if that's all that really matters, like, yeah, so it's like it's embracing it, and that's how you go to sleep at night, like stoked. Yeah, love that. That's awesome, man. Absolutely love it. Well, yeah. before we wrap up, how can people find out more about you as an individual, more about Live a Great Story? What's the best way to connect? And the conference. And yeah. the conference, yes. So the conference is going down on October 26th, and the foundational idea is that we want to – connect like-minded entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and creatives for a one-day action-oriented event. So we're going to have two um, pretty in-depth, like 90-minute workshop uh, sessions where you're going to be able to choose from eight to 10 workshops, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. So you'll get, you know, three hours of workshops um, where you're actually going to be sitting down with your computer, learning from somebody about video marketing or business strategy or mindfulness and meditation or health. You know, we're going to have kind of half career and business, half personal, um, mindful body, mind, body, soul type deal. And so we're going to have business and then personal. And so, uh, but really at the foundation of it is that we really just want to create that space for people to connect because we've been in Austin. We've never run across each other except for online a couple times. And so it's like, 
I have my crew. I have an amazing crew. You have a crew. Y'all have amazing crew of people. And if we can kind of do this relational deal or we can get people to like offer them and invite people into that space and create that environment for people, then I think that that plays a knob bigger for like the city, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I think that that's what's really cool is um, through event, do this event and events in general, we like we cross paths with people, but this one is really um, very foundationally relational. So we want you to cross paths with people that you probably already cross paths with, but actually like interact and engage. So it's going to be really highly uh, experience and interaction focused, but actually we want people to walk away with a plan for how to do this. And they've started crafting, you know, their story for their brand, or they have, you know, um, a, a strategy for building this next step and leaving their company. So, um, I'm super excited about it. It's all application based. So we're definitely going to vet people. It's mainly millennial 24 to 35. Like it's definitely, we're like hyper-focusing it. Um, most likely there's going to be kind of people on both sides of that. Uh, but it's for sure. Like we want movers and shakers there and we want everybody to walk away, like feeling really empowered and like, uh, equipped to, to go out and move their business forward while being surrounded by people that will like help that happen. Love so that. super soaked. Um, Everything else is liveagreatstory.com. At Instagram is a great spot. Say hi on Instagram at liveagreatstory. Check out the hashtags. Uh, we do have a private Facebook group. Uh, there's like 5,000 people in it, and people just post pictures from everywhere. It's crazy. Nice. So that's a good place to just kind of like see what people are doing with it. Um, and then come hang out in person. We host a monthly storytelling event here in Austin. Nice. So it's the first Wednesday of every month, and it's called Great Stories. We feature three badass local people, creatives, entrepreneurs, impact makers. So we've had CEOs and nonprofit strategists and like different people and they share 10 minute stories around a theme. And then we all break up into small groups and talk about that theme. So it's really cool. It's definitely like, you know, people have really cool conversations and everybody gets around and shares and creates a cool space for engaging around stories. So, uh, any of the, any and all of the above come hang out, like come be a part of it. Nice. We're in. I will be there October 26th, and I'm super stoked for it, man. Chip, chip. Gonna bring our bring our crew. We'll, we'll uh, roll deep through that and and uh, make some magic happen, man. Super yeah, excited about appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, Zach from Live a Great Story, thank you so much for being here with me and Joel, the CMO of the Guy Talk Company. Super stoked to have this conversation with you. I'm charged up. I know Joel's charged up. Hopefully, you're feeling good, man, about the movement you've built here and you're continuing to build. A lot of big things coming ahead. A lot of knob bigger things coming your way. I believe that. Um, really excited to have you here. And for you guys, the list. Listeners, we're so appreciative that you're here for sharing this for us. Um, a lot of people have been sharing the Spotify link. Just go to Spotify if you're listening there. Share it to your Instagram story. Super easy way for other people to listen to this. And I'd love for you guys to share Zach's story today. You know, spread the word about his conference. Spread the word about the movement. You know, livegreatstory.com. Go, go there. Buy some merchandise. Buy some stickers. And start slapping them all over the place because I've seen some really cool pictures, man. Um, I'd love to see you guys add to that collection there. So um, catch us on our podcast, Guy Talk Radio. Catch us on Instagram at guytalk.co and if you're a reader if you like a short little dose of inspiration on Sunday evenings to fight off those Sunday scaries we've got Guy Talk Weekly our weekly newsletter that goes out every Sunday evening otherwise guys you know where to find us just hit us up on Instagram slide in our personal DMs if you want we love the fact that we're coming together as a tribe and living our lives with integrity purpose and strength as part of the Guy Talk tribe here we love you guys so much Zach thank you again for being here talk to you guys soon cheers cheers